Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Every other man that walked through her door used her. These two men were different. They ministered to her. How powerful that we are not like the world. Every other man that walked through there used her. She was tired of that. These men didn't use her. They were different because they were worshipers of God. Rahab's story is an amazing one a pagan prostitute who went on to follow the God of Israel, winding up in the lineage of Jesus himself. How'd that happen? She and the other citizens of Jericho heard what God had done for Israel. And Pastor Mark will teach you today that while the other people in Jericho reacted with fear, she had faith born inside her. And when she met the spies, the way those men treated her, confirmed that these people were indeed different and that their God was the one worth following. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 11 as he continues his message, The Faith of Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. There wouldn't be any doubt in their lives. Back to Hebrews 11.30, if you will. Hebrews 11.30, where we left. How did the walls fall? By faith. After the people had marched around them for seven days. Everything took place. Why? I said to you already. Real faith is proved by obedience. Now just stop and ask yourself before we move on to the next passage quickly. Are there any walls in your life that need to come down? Has God spoken to you? You see, very often God will say, I want you to step out in faith and do this. You say, God, and we begin doubting. Maybe that's moved in your life to unbelief. That wasn't God. God didn't speak. Got the wrong person. Couldn't be me. Impossible. Be careful. Remember, the battle is always in the mind. That's where the battle goes. Don't argue with God about his plan for your life. Simply acknowledge that his plan is better than anything you could ever come up with. And say to God, you asked me to do it, I'll do it. I'll step out in faith. Remember who your boss is. It's not you. It's God. And God requires of us steps of faith. Absolutely has to happen in our lives. We have to learn to trust him. 
Now, look at verse 31. By faith, the prostitute, Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Turn, if you will, to Joshua chapter 2. Now, we're earlier before what we just read, the walls coming down. And we have a little history of a plan that you already read the plan. You're going to see a little precursor to it. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Chittim. Go and look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Now you have to think about this. Joshua says, we need to see what we're up against. So he, he sends his CIA agents into Jericho. They're trying to be secret, and they put all kinds of things, and they probably found some way through the wall. They got in there incognito. They think they're doing really well. And they go to a, a house of a prostitute. Now, why would they go to a house of a prostitute? Well, for this reason. A house of a prostitute was used to all kinds of travelers coming from all over the world, just walking through this little red light district or whatever they had there in Jericho. They would just come there from all over the place. And when you were there, whatever happens in Jericho stays in Jericho. It was just like that. As they came walking through there, they're thinking, Nobody will recognize us. But the problem was, somebody had tapped into their cell phone. They heard the plan. It was the king. Their disguise didn't work. He knew exactly where they were in this house. So somehow, we don't know what happened. Look at verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the land. But the woman who had taken the two men and hidden them, she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. Which way did they go? I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. So the men, king's men, set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that lead to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Now, in these verses, Rahab told three little white lies. You see, for a Christian, a white lie is okay. (laughs) Try to see if you would react to that, those of you that are filling out your taxes right now. No, lying is never justified in the Bible. In fact, it's one of the seven things God hates, is lying. But I want you to stop and think about something for a moment. I'm not going to take a long time on this, but I do want to spend a few minutes on it. 
We know already by this time, Rahab, because you'll see in a moment the, the testimony she gives, Rahab has already become, by faith, a believer in God Jehovah. That's why she's risking her life. I mean, if she hadn't, all she has to say, the guys are on the roof. See, if she gets caught, she's dead. So she's risking She's already come to God. She already has faith in him. Now, how much of moral law has she studied of the Israelites? How much? None. Okay. So we would call her a brand new, in our term today, what would you use? We'd call her a brand new Christ follower, wouldn't we? Brand new baby. Brand new Christian. Just getting started. So why does Rahab a prostitute, a liar, end up in the hall of faith because of God's grace. He's not saying prostitution was right. He's not saying lying was right. But he says, faith really pleases me. So think about this. Here she is, and I call her a new convert. That's what I'll call her. Why am I spending all this time? Because we just, this weekend had maybe, and I don't know how many recommitted and recommitted, whatever, half-half, let's say half-half, 150 people, whatever, 75 people, brand-new Christians. Do we need to give them a little space? No, I'm going to come down hard on them right from the start. Do we need to give them a little space? Yeah. How much do they know about the morality of the Bible? Almost what? Nothing. Pastor Mark, how can they live in America? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Half the time, this isn't even taught in the churches. Am I right? So they know very little. So what should we be with them? Gracious, kind. Let me give you an example. I don't know that this is true. I'm sure it probably did happen. This weekend or one of the last weekend. Couple come. They get saved. God speaks to them. They're crying. They're weeping. They want to start again. They've been living together. Okay, they come and they come to the office. What am I going to say to them? I'm going to say, we need to find a plan to get you to stop living together. Well, why? Let me show you the scripture. We're going to help you. We're going to do this. Do I go in the prayer room on day one and say, you're living together? Well, are you going to commit to me right now to stop it right from this moment? Otherwise, I can't even speak to you. No, we're going to let God do in their heart what he needs to do. And we're going to help them with a plan to come out of a lifestyle that isn't right. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So who's going to give them a little grace? Raise your hand. Pastor Mark, did you see that skirt? Oh, man. Who's going to give him a little grace? Raise your hand again. Let me ask you in this room, anybody here, are you in this room a work of progress with God? Big time work in progress. You heard me speak about what went through my mind last Wednesday. You heard me speak about that. You're still not going to know what it was, but it went through it. Same thought went through your mind. Right now it went through your mind. What is that pastor up there? You know? What I'm trying to say is the reason this isn't dealt with negatively is because God's a God of grace and love. She's brand new. She just does what sinners had been doing. Why? As a normal thing. Now, we don't justify it. It isn't right. Later she'll learn. Look at verse 8. Now, before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof. 
and said to them, I know the Lord, here, here it is, I know the Lord has given this land to you. And that with great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all that live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and came out of Egypt, and what you did at Chihon and Og, and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now, who revealed that to her? God did. She's a pagan. She knows nothing of this God. But God has been revealing. This is a confession of faith from the lips of a woman who has all her life believed in pagan gods. Notice the word. We have heard. This is very important. Testimonies. Why is it important that we share with unbelievers what God has done to change our life? Why is that important? Because faith comes by and hearing by the... So what's changing your life is the Word of God. How did God change? I used to be a prostitute, she says. This is her testimony later. Well, she came to the Lord because people had been talking, coming through her place, of what? God had done through these Israelite people now that they were in the land of Canaan. So let me just challenge you about this. Now, secondly, just think about this. Think about the providence of God. As far as we know, Rahab is the only person in Jericho who's trusted the God of Israel. And where does God send the spies to? Her house. She had been obviously seeking meaning in her life, and God allowed her to hear from his people, his miracles, she was open to the truth. I thought of this. Every other man that walked through her door used her. These two men were different. They ministered to her. How powerful that we are not like the world. Every other man that walked through there used her. She was tired of that. These men didn't use her. They were different because they were worshipers of God. Are you different? You see, we can't be like the world. They were not just two men looking to use her sexually. They were there because God had changed their life. Second, The two spies providentially were saved by God. They probably thought when she goes to hide him, they're thinking, why are you hiding this? King found out about you. It's over. But God providentially saved her. Now, we know this next verse is we don't have time to go in, but basically Rahab says, if you'll save me and my family, then this is going to be an incredible thing of faith. And so she just says, Will you please spare me and my relatives because I gave you this hiding place. And so what she does later, they say, we'll do this. We went back and forth. When we come to take the city, and you'll see in a moment, just throw this little red cord over there. When we see it, that area of the city, your house will be saved. So what is Rahab thinking about? This is very important. Notice this next statement. Sometimes we forget it. Rahab is thinking about her relatives. 
We must have a heart for the lost, especially our relatives. She isn't just thinking of her own skin. She says, if I can get my relatives in here, will you save them too in my house? Will you save everybody? Don't just think of yourself. We have to be thinking of our relatives and our friends. So she lowered them over the wall with the rope. The spy said to her, mark this section of the wall. You just mark it with the same rope and we'll save you. When we come, we'll tell Joshua. There won't be any problem. If your whole family is in the house, they'll be saved. Now, if they're outside the house, all bets are off. You bring them inside. Look at Joshua 2.21. I accept your terms, she replied. And she sent them on her way, leaving the scarlet rope hanging from the window. Warren Wiersbe says this. It is important to note that Rahab and her family were saved by faith in the God of Israel and not by faith in the rope hanging out the window. Who was she trusting? She was trusting God. That's why we would say to you, you're not saved by water baptism. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Water baptism is simply a sign that you believe God and you've already been changed. She already believed God. She threw the rope over as a sign she was already what? A believer in Jesus Christ. The fact that she hung it was proof she simply had faith. She gathered all her people into one of these little houses. And when the walls came down, you know the whole story. The person that was saved was Rahab and her whole house. Now what happened to Rahab? Well, she carried on with life. I have a verse from Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Notice, it says, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. And we keep going on down till we get to David. And we keep going on down till we get to Jesus Christ. So who's in the lineage of Jesus Christ? Rahab. You know, when you get on and do it, password, they said to you, who's your mother's maiden name or whatever. You go back, who is an interesting lady in the lineage of Jesus? Mm, Rahab. Try to remember that one. Well, what was Rahab? She was a liar. She was a Gentile. She was a pagan. And she was a prostitute. And she's in the line of Jesus? And you're ashamed of your relatives? And me? Listen, she's in the lineage of Jesus. What does that prove? Listen, for God so loved the world. He's not a respecter of persons. See, that's who she was. That's not who she became. All things are passed away. All things become new. To see all these new Christians should make you ecstatic. See, when there's life in the barn, there's some cleaning up to do. Solomon told us that. It's a privilege to clean up, isn't it? Because one day, we needed a little cleaning up, didn't we? It's a privilege to see what God's done. Now, if we're going to pray. Here's the first thing I want you to pray about by yourself. Real faith is proved by obedience. That was one of the points we talked about. Is there anything in your life 
God has asked you to do, but you haven't obeyed. If there is, deal with it. Now, if there isn't, if you believe God's asked you to do everything, you've done everything, just reassure and say this to God. God, I will be submitted to you. In the future, when you tell me what to do, I'll absolutely do it. So just reconfirm that in your prayer with God. Second, when doubting, act in your faith and not your doubts. For sure, some of you are in this room doubting God. God, why my house? How do I lose my job? What's with this sickness? What happened to that relationship? You're doubting God. Ask him to move you not over to unbelief, but back to faith. Confess it. Say, God, I have to trust your promises. So I'll give you uh, about three minutes. Just deal with it right where you're at in your chair. If you've not been here before, just bow your head. Pray those two things. Speak to your God. He's your heavenly father. Personal history with God should increase our faith for tomorrow. So number three, Selah. Just stop and think of a time when God really came through for you. Just think back. Those of you that have history with God, I mean, we could start having testimony service right now, couldn't we? But just think when God came through for you. And when you really were doubting and maybe you really just believe it's not going to happen. And then just stop and thank him. Just say to him, God, go through the details of that shortly. Just a little detail of that. He'll bring to your mind one or two of those things. And that will jumpstart your faith. Because whatever you're facing now, you were feeling the same way back then. But God changed you. And then last, we must have a heart for the lost especially our relatives. So just let a couple friends or relatives or neighbors or co-workers, their names pass through your head and just pray for them. Lord, there wouldn't be one of us here tonight unless you would intervene in our life. We'd be lost, we'd be dead, we'd be in drugs, alcohol, we'd just be president of a corporation with the biggest empty heart in all the world. But one day you... You stopped by our heart, and you changed us. And it's been incredible ever since. May we not lose the wonder of a changed life. And Lord, all around us out there, as we go home and we go to our work and school and store and neighborhood tomorrow, there's people searching. They've been used and abused by the world. You've made us different. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. Open our mouths. And we can share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Thank you for all these lovely people who love you, who honor you, who submit to you, and who are sharing the gospel. That's how all these people come to church, Lord, because they're being faithful. Honor them with more open doors. And thanks, Lord, in your lineage, our people just like us should remind us very often of the quote in the New Testament, Jesus was a friend of sinners. May we be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Pastor Mark taught today about the great victory God performed at Jericho. You heard again about the need to act on what you believe. You also got to learn about Rahab, not only her belief in God, but how she acted that faith out by hiding the spies. Learning what God wants for you as a Christ follower is important, but you have to do what he tells you to. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to an end of Pastor Mark's teaching, The Faith of Moses, Joshua, and Rahab. Next time, he'll begin a brand new message called, They Had Faith, So Can We. You'll be learning the significance of the words faith, flaws, failure, and finish. Pastor Mark will show how these four characteristics are part of everyone's lives. You'll find out what they mean for you as a Christ follower. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting.